0: This is Corolla Digital.
1: Hi, I'm Larry Miller, but in a
2: way, aren't we all? And this week, on This Week with Larry Miller, I tell you something I've never told you before. I hate boats. No, I don't. Yes, I do. I hate boats. And I'll tell you all about it on the show. Listen for free through iTunes or the free Adam Corolla app. We'll see you here.
1: It's time
0: for this week's CarCast with your host, Adam Carolla, and moderator,
2: Matt DeAndrea. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice but to get it on. Mandate, get it on. And thank you so much for joining the show. Um, you guys uh, <clears throat> know my co host over here. That's Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea. Hello. Yeah. Uh, Adam Martin is here, vice president of the Haggerty Institute, and uh, you guys do more than uh, insurance, yes? A lot of valuations. What else are we doing? What are we talking about here?
1: Today we're focusing on the, the Institute and the Haggerty Price Guide, and a different side to Haggerty that not many people know about, but it's coming to the forefront with the shape of our price guide. We've been producing uh, this price guide since 2006. We've priced A little over one and a half million vehicles in that period of time with every generation of the book. And it's helping the collector car community get better at knowing what that fun car in the garage is worth or when they do inherit Grandpa's old Cadillac.
0: What is it worth? I'm flipping through here, and I don't see that VW Jedi I just picked up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not under VW; it's under piece of oh shit, which is in the back. <laughs> yeah, it's just a piece of shit catch. It's a catch-all category for cars under eight hundred dollars. Appendix. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: I see Tucker.
2: Yeah, they 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 just keep moving, and I'm trying to think, uh, Adam. Um, what would you say? I don't want to put you on the spot here, mm-hmm. but let's say let's have some fun. Let's think about an entry level investment car. Somebody mm-hmm. when I say entry level, this will be under twenty thousand dollars. Okay. If you have under twenty thousand dollars, what would you be looking at? A a a, a slightly worked Sunbeam Tiger? Maybe. I mean, a pretty beat Sunbeat Tiger. A really
1: worn out car, yeah. Right. Yep.
2: Uh, is there something about 20 grand that you think, all right, this thing's this thing will look good in 15 years?
1: 20 is a sweet spot. I mean, we're talking uh, certain older model MGBs are in there. You, you mm-hmm. They made plenty of those, so there's still, left, there's still vehicles left and around to pick up that are at mm-hmm. a good price. Um, there's a few American cars in that range, but you have to start segmenting by decades now. Do I want a 70s-era American car for less than 20 or an 80s? Sort of maybe mild performance car. Please tell me, nineteen ninety three Mustang
0: Cobra. Uh, I see it in your book. Ooh. I'll tell you, an, uh, <laughs> I see it in your
2: book. What's the SVT? Is it SVT? Yeah, what is that's the book. That's the car. I always liked that Mustang oh, because yeah. it was like a. Yeah. I, it, I always as a, as a guy who. Oh, liked you're thinking of the SVO, the Turbo Four SVO. Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. of the Straight Four. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool. Car a couple of things I liked about that car. I liked it because it felt like the European Mustang. Yes, it yeah. had the. It, it had it had the asymmetrical air intake on the hood. It just was set up mm-hmm. like a more European-looking car. And I always thought, those are kind of cool little cars. And mm-hmm. I, I wonder what they've done over the years or where, or where they're at or if they're moving up moving up the chain. They were
0: 1984, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, somewhere in that range. A- according yeah. to the book.
2: Yes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's forty eight hundred on the low end, seventeen five on the high end, which which I will say is roughly half of the ninety (laughs) three (laughs) Cobra. Right.
1: But let's talk about production numbers. Let's talk about their following. Um, The Mustang brand is still alive and well and celebrating an anniversary next year of fifty years. So. That does carry a lot of market growth with it.
2: There's a bunch of Camaros out there and a bunch of different years for Camaros. And as we all get older, it starts spilling into the 80s, a lot of these cars.
0: Yeah, um, it kind of has to, you know, because you're right. saying that, you know, all these cars, you know, the expensive ones bring up the less expensive ones. And now, especially for the American cars, just the whole like, yeah, one if, decade if is going to bring up the other one.
2: 100 grand or so for a 69 Z28 or whatever it is, it's yeah. going to yank up something else below it the as well. It, yeah, it creates a vacuum, and it and it pulls things up. Uh, even, yeah. uh, you know, the stuff that's gone a little nutty, too, in the American car department, which I always thought was cool, but it never had any value, were, like, the Trans Ams. Oh, yeah. Especially the, some of those, you know, real early model, Well, uh, I don't know, 70, 69, 70 yeah. Trans mm-hmm. uh, that kind of stuff, uh, stuff just just on the move. Easy to work on, plenty of parts, and all the guys are doing all the aftermarket repop. You know everything dashes and gauges. Yeah, and as
0: they become more available, those aftermarket parts to make them a little bit easier to restore. You know how it is when you when you start, you know, looking at the budget of let's say one of the race cars, and you're like, well, if we can't find that part, we have to make it, mm-hmm. and making it is four times the cost.
2: <laughs> no, listen, <laughs> or,
0: I, in some cases, ten times the cost. Try to get a
2: bezel for an a. a, a <laughs> A, a rocker switch for a power window on a Lamborghini and you can't find the bezel for you can find the rocker switch, but you can't find the plastic bezel that goes around it. Yeah. I had to go uh, find Bernard over, over at, at, at uh, Leno's, Leno's shop <laughs> and tell him, I need you to take your computerized CNC thing and make me a yeah, that's bezel printer. Yeah. He's always printer. delighted when I walk through yeah. the door over there <laughs> with my old part. <laughs> he
0: sees you walk in with a bag of stuff. I always like, know uh,
2: he doesn't want to do it when he's like, You could make this out of wood or something, couldn't you? I'm like, No. With his accent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: The wood substitute's not going to cut it.
2: Yeah, but yeah. if you use it, put some liquid nails or something on it, you could fix it. <laughs> no. Yeah. I think I need a new one, Bernard. I think, I, think, <laughs> I think you need 42 hours of scanning and CNC printing. Hey, those guys are making me a brake calipers yes. for. A race car and um, it just never ends. Anyway, uh, Adam, also, now you went to the uh, McPherson College of uh, Automotive Restoration. How did that work?
1: Uh, Worked out incredibly well for me. Um, I was, uh, like many car guys, very enthusiastic about cars in high school did the machine shop. I actually did a way class at a local technical school and built engines. So I was was really into the mix. And I had no idea the restoration community existed, nor how large it was. And it was through a friend of a friend that I was acquainted with McPherson College and took a drive down there in the middle of Kansas. I was growing up and living in Minneapolis, 10-hour drive to Kansas, and was welcomed by It was a 15,000-square-foot facility that was just um, hollow ground for car guys. And it was equipment, tools, pierced arrows were sitting in the back to Model T's and A's. There was Buicks. uh, And then there was a 67 Camaro in there. And I have a 68 Camaro in the garage. So when I saw that, I knew they were talking my language. They had the, the shop, the tools, the instructors that I met were really enthusiastic and knowledgeable. I knew this was a
2: place I had to start and just jumped in with both feet. This is the greatest scam ever. Where you go, look, either we could pay a bunch of guys 40 bucks an hour to work on these Camaros and Pierceros, or Or we could start 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 charging them. A restoration college. Uh, (laughs) You're on scholarship. Now go get that bead blaster and work on that fender. Yeah. And you get a bunch of guys, and I'm guessing you're you're working on cars. Mm -hmm. Now, are they taking the cars and are they customer cars? I mean, it's like when I was a kid, my parents were so. Poor and stupid. I would go to the Barber College, even as an adult <laughs> yeah. in Santa Monica. They had like a Vidal Sassoon Institute. Yeah. And I'd go to the Barber College. And instead of getting a $20 haircut, I'd get a, th- I'd get a $3 haircut, but it would take four hours. That's right. <laughs> because someone would stand around the instructor and stuff. And but it's, I, and it's hit or miss. It's yeah. hit or miss. <laughs> but I would get like a free haircut because yeah. this guy needed to learn how to cut hair. I need a free haircut. The instructor was kind of standing around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that how they did
1: it? Early on, yes, they needed that donor vehicle, you need a client kind of paying for parts and materials. They've got free labor from the student base, but you really hit, hit the nail on the head. The gentleman who really endowed this local four-year liberal arts college was Mr. Gaines H. Smokey Ballou. He was a wow. farmer in the middle of Kansas, and he really enjoyed Rolls-Royce automobiles. And there's not many people in Kansas who work on, let alone restore, Rolls-Royce automobiles. So he endowed the college to produce this restoration sort of department, and it's grown from there. And I believe they're in their 32nd year of operation. So when I was a student, it was owned vehicles by the college. Uh, those were teaching instruments. They had a lot of sort of like uh, test mule fenders that we would uh, pretty much damage and then repair ourselves. Oh, really? And then you get to work on the real cars: the Mustangs, the Buicks, um, the Pierce Arrows, the Cadillacs that they had. They had a Willis Knight from 1911. Um, so you're working on you know Babbitt bearing T-cylinder head early brass era stuff cars to sort of well the modern Camaro, which was a 60s car. So um, they really give you the whole range of. And automobiles. you're
2: learning everything from fender. Work to cylinder work. Absolutely.
1: Um, even starting out quickly, deciding if the car needs to be restored or preserved, and making that decision: do we take it all down, or is it intact enough to um, address the mechanical issues, take care of it cosmetically, and then you know give it back to the client? Yeah. They
0: well, should that, let you bring in your own car.
2: Yeah, you could use that, in as that as your you because know, you're yeah. paying anyway,
0: right? You're mm-hmm. paying the, the
2: uh, <laughs> well. That brings us to our, our next question: the the sort of preservation class. Yeah which who, always... <laughs> we, have some, we have some opinions about the preservation <laughs> well, of class. I, there's there's parts of it I understand, and then there's parts of it that are a little dubious. Mm-hmm. Like, right. you know, there's that thing where you go, look, you got a Lamborghini Miura, and it's a barn find, and... Some guy's trying to say it's unmolested. It's got the original Goodyear tires on there, right. Pirelli tires. It's mm-hmm. just as it left the factory in 1969 and blah, blah, blah. And you go, all right, but this needs 200 grand worth of taking apart. And they go, mm-hmm. oh, no, this is preservation class. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So instead of saying, well, it's a $700,000 car, but I'll pay 500000 for it because it's going to take 200 grand to get this mm-hmm. thing the way it should look, mm-hmm. they go. Oh no, no, seven hundred grand preservation class. That's
0: right. In fact, it's
2: probably worth more. It comes with the yeah. family possum in the trunk. Exactly. And, <laughs> That's right. And Dirt included. I'm kind of like not washing it was the best thing he's did. Right. And my mm-hmm. feeling to that is, I I, I dig it. Like I, I get what you talk about. I, I do a lot of vintage racing, and a lot of these cars have quite a patina on them, mm-hmm. and 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 as they, as they should. But. When I bring my Hollywood friends over mm-hmm. to take a look at my $700,000 right, and it's got cobwebs in it, aren't they going to go, What? Right. They can't afford right. It's got Seagull shit on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you paid $700,000 for that? <laughs> the seats are all torn up. I don't right. understand. They're yeah, like, right. Does it run? It Sorry. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, like, no. <laughs> my feeling with 92% of this stuff is I want to see it is is as best as it can be presented, mm-hmm. I want to see it like it left the factory, not yeah. with the same paint it left the factory with sure. fifty years later sure i 'd like to see it running the best and looking the best
0: I, I understand the the point of the preservation class, but mm-hmm. I think there's this real fine line of when it should be a part of that group like when you do walk into the back of the, the you know this place here even and you see that mirror you want to see it clean and shiny and under the lights and and even as just being able to appreciate such a gorgeous car like that you want to see that really nice version of it so there's probably there's probably a few things that are best fit in the preservation class but Mm-hmm. i think, I think people are a little light and loose with what they what they think should be in that category
1: yeah there 's a maturing audience who, with car collectors who may have a, a very nice sort of well stacked bench of wonderful automobiles and they 're looking for the next discussion piece or let 's call it a trophy that they want to have in their garage and the barn find or the unrestored vehicles seem to be that new thing that most American collectors are looking after. Europeans have been enjoying and driving and uh, using cars without restorations, just doing the necessary repairs to keep them on the road. Uh, Americans are doing, you know, we love Pebble Beach. We love Amelia Island. We love Shiny. And now the market is sort of changing directions and, and appreciating car that um, still runs and drives, but maybe is carrying original paint that's got some wear and tear on it.
2: So we're looking at your website mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, look, if you're buying a car, you just Go there, Mm -hmm. and it's uh, uh, (laughs) www.haggerty.com forward slash valuation tools, and you just type in your year, make, and model, right? We got two
1: ways. The easy way is to use that drop-down menu for your year, make, and model, or we have a patent-pending VIN decoder. Uh, that's Ooh. really good for these uh favorite post-war. action actor yes. by the way Vin <laughs> <Decoder>. <laughs>
2: you, This you has got a chin and some biceps and he takes care of business by the way he plays by his own rules yes. but he gets the job done and
0: i love after every fight he evaluates your car
2: that's right <laughs> and decodes and tells you what it is that beating was worth forty nine hundred dollars <laughs> right Indeed. so so there's a vindicoder mm-hmm. oh so you, Tell me about that. Yep. So um, many
1: manufacturers have put information into the VINs. And really, 1981 and newer cars have a 17-digit VIN number. Mm -hmm. Um, You're familiar with, like, Carfax. Sure. There's information out there. But what do you do with classic cars? Um, There really isn't a service provider out there yet that helps you. We've spent a lot of time and continue to do this today with looking through VIN numbers and extracting what information has been buried in those. Mm -hmm. Some manufacturers are better than others, like Ford and Chrysler are really good. So if you've got a Mopar or a Thunderbird or a Mustang, you can plug your 8 to 15-digit number, whichever it is, into our VIN decoder, and it will then load with – What comes back? And it might be two or three different models of Mustang, but then you know, okay, well, I have the 302 engine hypo uh, motor, so I'm going to select that car.
2: So now how does, let's say, the website and the price guide that you keep in your hip pocket when you leave the house, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, that obviously you can't run around and update update it yearly. Uh, Three times. Three times. Three times a year. Wow. That's ambitious. But (laughs) online... Uh let's say Scottsdale's coming up mm-hmm. and there's uh RM auction and there's a bunch of auctions going on in mm-hmm. Scottsdale. And uh all of a sudden you've got your uh Lamborghini Mura S over there and your average price is uh I can't remember what it was, six hundred and forty eight thousand mm-hmm. dollars or whatever it is. And at this auction, one sells for seven fifty five. Mm-hmm. And uh then there's the gooding one and one sells for seven twenty five. Do you put that data into to your uh equation here, your your value mm-hmm. equation in the online? I'm guess you do. Mm-hmm. And then obviously you have to factor in the well, wait a minute, that one was owned by the old man himself and used to drive it, and that's why that one went for seven fifty, or that one had a Gary Boblov full nuts and bolts restoration. That was hundred thousand dollars. That's why mm-hmm. that one went for so it's we can't Say okay, now the average price is seven fifty. Yep. That thing yep. was owned by Steve McQueen. Exactly, <laughs> although it'd be one, no, two point seven. It would be two point uh, his underwear. One point two million. But it's a constantly evolving thing, so you have to watch all the auctions and the private sales. And I'm guessing with some of this stuff that's uh, being sold in Europe, where they do the inquire. Very <laughs> yeah. scary. Mm-hmm. There's two things I don't do. When, I mean, it's, call, it's, the fish at market price. I was like, "Honey, stay away from that." Nope. Back you, away. Yeah, you're you're getting the Salisbury steak. I know what that costs. <laughs> and and the inquire that always means uh-oh. It's yeah. never it's never a bargain when you have to inquire. But you need to inquire, right? We do. We
1: look at that um, those uh, those outliers those um, extravagant sort of auction stratosphere numbers. Those uh, what were the conditions for that price? Uh, who were the two gentlemen in the room, or three or four persons interested in buying that car? Um, oftentimes, we might know who that individual is, and maybe this car on stage completes their set of vehicles at home, and he's willing to pay anything for that car. Right. So we account for these. Um, auction stratosphere outliers, um, but we're also looking at vehicles for sale and looking at their condition. And, and we catalog and in our book, we publish four different condition ratings. So we go to auction venues and we have a, a large team that travels with us and other people that we hire to help us out. We look at cars, document their condition, one, two, three, or four, and then we track their auction results. And this um, gives us a nice holistic approach to um, the condition of the car, what it sells for. We kind of combine those two pieces of information, and they go into the queue for the next release of our price guide. Every four months, we go through this discipline of updating
2: it. What can you do for, let's say, a race car? Mm -hmm. Um, Now, you can figure out like a uh, Maserati birdcage Mm -hmm. or something because... There's a few of them around, and they trade hands. Yeah. But, like, for one of my Paul Newman race cars, they don't trade hands. So it's it's really a weird – and not that there needs to be a category in there for Adam's Paul Newman <laughs> race car. Is,
0: is the car worth more money if the guy
2: who owns it was on the man show? Oh. No, but if maybe. Billy Gibbons signs a guitar and puts it in the trunk. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, maybe. But, like, you know, that kind of stuff – what do you? How how would you come up with a price for that for that kind of stuff? And it, I guess uh, eventually just boils down to who will pay what for it. But uh, this is the one of the one of one stuff. Mm-hmm. How do, you, how do you figure that the out?
1: The rare one of one. We try to look at the, the – the, if it's a race car, for example, what is the base model for that race car if there one exists? Like, like a 510. Okay, we know there's production cars. We know what they're at. And then we look at the competition history for a particular race car. How many races? How many entries? Um, again, the ownership chain uh, through that vehicle's lifespan. How many owners? How many uh, recognizable drivers? Again, the wins. Um, and then the condition of the car. Do you have the spare engines? Do you have original accessory pieces? So we try to really factor in what it's coming with and. We, we try to find other comparables in the market space to help us yeah. to round out a value. And really, that's the type of conversations that we have with our clients from an insurance perspective. When they do have a rare one-off race car, right. um, they've oftentimes purchased the vehicle already, had to negotiate that deal. And now we're having a conversation about what guaranteed value to insure it for.
2: Yeah, you know um, what you should do? You should go, you bought this car. I got a sales... Um, Bill of sales here. It says you told the uh, state of California that you paid $8,500 for this uh, Lamborghini Murra. So we'll, we'll go off of that, yeah. shall we? <laughs> the guy will be it's, like, like, uh, it's $1. Yeah. <laughs> it's no, $1 gift. Pay the taxes. Yeah, um, yeah I was uh, racing uh, the other week and uh, we'll bring it to you on our next car cast at Coronado with a uh, guy with <laughs> it's a super squirrely alpha guy. And... Uh, the super squirrely alpha guy, uh, he, he was driving a GTA. Yeah, he was fired up, too. He's like, you couldn't get around me. <laughs> <laughs> First off, I looked at the lap times, uh, and I, I was going slow. I, I, I had not practiced. I had not qualified. I'd hit the wall last time I was there. I was not in any mood. He, His best lap was a 124, and my best lap was a 122. So I would have... Found a way around him if I had another half lap, or if I just wanted to dive in. But he was driving a three hundred thousand GTA, three hundred thousand dollar GTA that had an incredible, crazy history. Although he didn't (laughs) didn't drive it that way, which uh, which I appreciate. (laughs) He didn't drive it that way. But uh, but 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 either either way, you know, at least that's a car where there's an x x amount of GTAs floating around Mm -hmm. out there, and. You can go with the last one sell for. And then mm-hmm. what was the history? Uh, I was driving a, a BRE 510, uh, the Bobby Allison car, where it's one yeah. of one. Mm-hmm. And it's just a kind of, uh, well, I guess we have to agree on what this car's worth. And then mm-hmm. we'll insure it for that much. And then if you're selling it, ask for whatever you want and see what happens. See what happens, right? Like the, all the evaluation tools, that,
0: like you're saying, you know, what what's the race history of the car and who owned it? And mm-hmm. did it win any races? How much of that just goes out the door once the car's been sold, right? Like pretty much all of it. Mm-hmm. You know. So it's really the first time, you know, like when when you were mentioning like the Maserati birdcage, those have changed hands a bunch of times where you can start to create some value for them, or at least a few times you can create some value for them. I would
2: them. argue <laughs> that you could establish a value pattern and and a a beautiful a beautiful graph on the website. For a Ferrari, a Ferrari GTO. By the way, the '88, the newer Ferrari GTOs have—they've been going goddamn bananas mm-hmm, lately. Yeah. That would have been a car that, if you had two hundred and fifty or three hundred grand laying around seven years ago, you should have jumped on because yeah. now it's probably one point three. You can find that one, Jeff. But even the original GTO '64, '65, where they made thirty-four, thirty-seven of them, whatever it is. You could follow the price of that car and establish a price of that car, even though it's $35 million, more easily than you could the Bobby Allison 510 Datsun.
1: Right.
0: Because
2: there's no history on that versus history with billionaires.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Ferrari GTO market, whether it's a 250 example or that 288 example, has been extreme. And there, are, there have been enough transactional sequences where we can track and look at those. And I believe the 288 GTO will be on the, the Hagerty Evaluation tool. So you can see its five-year history. Yeah, that's the one with those been. gills in the back, right? Exactly. Like, yeah, that's yeah, kind of cool That,
2: uh, that a Turbo 8, right? What, what, turbo eight. what year are we, Jeff, when, when and we're in the threes uh, over there? My, my eyes are failing me a little. Is that 06 or something yes, like?
1: 2006 and seven?
2: Yeah, so you could get one, what I say about 3. Yeah, like 580. Oh, was it five? Oh, I'm sorry.
1: At, at 340,000 in 2006.
2: R- r- right in the middle. Some below, some above, but you know, right around 3 and change. And uh it's at 1 million now and again, I think one went for one three recently. Mm-hmm. Um cool car. Now there's a there's a there's a modern You know, 80s, mid 80s car that's over a million dollars. It's a cool piece. Uh, I hate the mirrors. (laughs) (laughs) I hate the extended
1: mirror.
0: It bothers me. Those safety things, you know, like the bumpers and the mirrors of the
1: 80s cars, you know, the American homologation efforts. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The license plate, the
2: side markers, license plate, the thing, mirrors. like all that stuff those, is crap. This mirror, I swear to God, I would have bought one of those cars yeah. if it wasn't for the mirrors. Yeah. I can't figure out if I... Then there's
0: the Testerosa with the one big-ass mirror like way off to the side. Because the, the two, it looked like it had giant floppy ears. Right. But like there's the one mirror... That's way well, the, out there. The, the problem with It's like a towing mirror this on your mirror. Yeah, this mirror has
2: an <laughs> add a leaf to it. It's like uh the the family's coming over for Thanksgiving and mm-hmm. you gotta spread out that table. Yeah. The the on the two eighty eight it it has the regular mirror, I you know, it it <laughs> that just bothers me. I'm bothered by the mirror. Oh it's yeah, a yeah, telescopic. We got to post you know. a
0: photo up on the on the website of the mirror to see what it, we're talking about. <laughs> it's a deal breaker. You're right. There is
2: like a like an add leaf piece. There's like a piece in there. It's like yes. It's it's a it's it's a super cool car with the world's worst mirrors on it. Yep. <laughs> it's it kind of reminds me. Uh, look how high that. Uh, come on now. So get one so, of those Talbot ones and stuff it on there. So you
0: spend? <laughs> yeah. Do do you not spend the money to buy it because of the mirror, or do you get the car and you just have like Chip Foose cut the mirrors off for you? The mm-hmm. thing
2: that's cool <laughs> about the car is the seats and the rear end because it's like the mm-hmm. rear end is like removed and it just has like mesh yeah. there. It's like a race and car. I
0: I kind of like it because it's got it's got a V eight turbo.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, it has and also it's called a GTO. Yeah, so yeah. But, it's all business. Those cars jumped, uh, the 911s have gone cuckoo. Mm -hmm. I mean, my God, it's just, you know, it's not the RSR 73 kind of stuff you hear about, but I mean, that's gone cuckoo, but that's always been, you know, a steady climber, but and we're just talking about a 69, 70, 911 E or S or something. That, those things were just, I don't know, 12 grand, 17 grand, 20 grand, like all day long. Oh, so we, we, you go to the auction, like a 130 to 170. And yeah. it's like, what?
1: What just happened overnight? There's this huge wave of German sort of performance cars just taking over North America, right. and the anniversaries are starting to roll in. Um, you look at um, we look at demographics of the age group of owners getting into 911s and stuff. It really confirms all of our suspicions about your childhood dreams. What's the poster car you have on your wall? Now you're at an income bracket where you can afford to go buy that car, and there's so many new buyers coming to the market. They're willing to pay whatever it takes to get into it, whereas us guys who kind of been in the industry, we're familiar with that car being twelve grand and can't justify <laughs> <hard>. spending. $20,000 yes. <laughs> twenty. On what?
2: It. Uh, by the way, we're looking at the Porsche nine eleven. What year mm-hmm. are we looking at here? This is sixty nine 911S. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you see it just go straight up over the last couple of couple mm-hmm. of years, and and the, So you're the, saying
0: two thousand? What was that? Two thousand eight, Jeff. Two thousand six. Two thousand six. It was thirty nine. Well, that 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 forty grand. Yeah, that's That's the top one one at the high end, right? And now at the high end, it's one hundred forty one thousand,
2: right? So hundred. And okay, so now here's the question, Adam. Mm -hmm. The there's certain things that are fads, Mm -hmm. and usually when it comes to collecting cars. You know, there's a sort of slow and steady wins to race, and I I buy the old Lamborghinis, and they made a very limited number of them. And so I feel very strongly that those would continue a nice, steady climb Mm -hmm. toward, you know, a a million dollars or wherever Mm -hmm. they're heading and and beyond one day. And then there's stuff like I was sitting around watching these, uh, you know, sitting around watching the car auctions and things like I do because, you (laughs) know, I want to be educated. And I was seeing – this whole Mopar thing go insane. The whole Cuda, Hemi Cuda stuff all yeah. go berserk. Like circa two thousand and yeah. two, two thousand and three, whatever it was. And here's you know Hemi Cudas. Oh well, now we're looking at it. <laughs> now we're looking
0: at the graph, and, we're and, and by the
2: way, we're our, the all these direction. start no six, right? Correct. Yep. Because I think if you if you went back to oh two, you might even get higher. But I'm looking at this Hemi Cuda business, and I'm going fake wood grain wood shifter fake wood grain right. steering mm-hmm. wheel you know push rod engine and it is basically a car that left the showroom at thirty three hundred dollars back in yes. you know 1968 yeah. or nine or whenever and you want 1.7 million dollars because it's a convertible and a four speed mm-hmm. uh, this seems inflated yeah to me for what it is
0: this year is showing of course the the best examples like two point $2.3 yeah, 2. 2. in 06, and it lost a million dollars of its valuation. Right. Yeah. So
2: I was sitting with my Frank little- Jackson must be pissed. I don't mm-hmm. have a crystal ball, but I always tell people I have a crystal brain. There it's better. <laughs> and I was sitting there going, I feel like they've made enough of these, and I don't feel like they're that great. And what are we all doing going crazy? And they're ones going, oh, well, it's a convertible. It's a, There's only two convertible, four-speed Hemis in, yeah. you know- in 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 plum crazy purple, and it was like four million dollars. I'm like. This is a piece of shit car. Why is it going for so much money? I mean, I don't have anything against for four it. million but not, dollars. Not, not four million. Four million right. bucks. I want a Ferrari. They made eighteen of. It.
1: Exactly right. But that was the American market coming on and learning more about the the details of a car. Your example about Lamborghinis and having limited production. Well, the data exists in the Mopar community about how many they made, with what options, what engine combination, what color interior to uh, to top color. So that sort of spawned a movement of well this is going to be a more desirable american muscle car than a chevelle or you know something else
2: i remember just going wow this is inflated and the other thing that i was looking at as well that i thought what the fuck is going on here same time period mm-hmm. the uh shelby mustangs the the later model ones 68 69 we're going for more than like the sixty five sixty six now i I blame Eleanor <laughs> and God damn I, you, I, Jerry Bruckheimer I, yeah. I blame Nick Cage for this, <laughs> but I'm sitting there looking at the ones that were built in Dearborn versus, mm-hmm. you know, Venice, California, yeah. and the ones they built a shitload of, and the ones that had a bunch of plastic stuff stuck onto the side of them, and I'm seeing a 1969 go for, you know, 155, 175, and I'm looking at the 66 mm-hmm. Shelbys, the real Fastback Mustangs, yeah. like, oh, those are 85 or 90 or whatever, and I'm going, what the hell's this car going yeah. for cheaper than this car? This one they made a ton more of, it's got a bunch of plastic shit stuck onto it, it was mass-produced in Dearborn. Wow, well, Oh, what's going on here? Right. And I just kept remember thinking, well, that's going to fix itself. That'll correct.
1: I think that will correct. And uh, it
2: has been.
1: It has been, yeah. Maybe we'll, we can look at the, the 65 Mustang. All right, so let, let's
2: say, well, I know the 65 mm-hmm. has definitely corrected because that was the first year. Uh, the real question is, what's the 66 going for, 350, GT350 going for? All right, hold on. Don't tell us. Let's make bets here. <laughs> What is the 66? Again, the 65 is quite a bit more. So it is. What's the 66 going for? GT 350. It's everyone write down their number. Mm. Uh, what is that going for versus now? Would you say 68 or 69? We want to go with on the 350.
1: I'd go 69. All right, 69. Give it a spread.
2: All right, 69 versus now. I, as I said, the 69 was more. I think there's been a correction, but I don't think it's been... Corrected. It, it has not satisfied this broadcaster. <laughs> Let's put that. Yeah. Way. You know, I haven't been watching the Mustang auction. Don't, in a while, don't, so. don't. You know, you're like the guy who's climbing into of. the ring going, you know, I fucking, <laughs> I was on my, I herniated my disc a couple we weeks 60, ago and 66, I haven't really been in the 66 gym. And
1: 69. All
0: right. 66 and 69. Uh, now, this
2: will be for, this will be for an A model. This will be the top. This will be the top. This will be the green one on yeah, the ground. Number, number one condition. Number one. Condition. All right, I'm gonna say the sixty-six. Damn, a lot of pressure here. Okay, and okay, and sixty-nine. I got, I got mine. You guys, you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Well, you, All right, you run the fucking site, so you better win this shit. <laughs> <laughs> we have a massive team. Uh, and no, a lot no, of no. Data. We need, we need the GT three fifty. We need the Shelby. So the Shelby. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. So this is the A condition sixty-six. Shelby GT three fifty. And then they had the carryover ones that were between the sixty five and yeah, sixty six it's under, worth it's under a sh- bit more.
0: Shelby as the
2: Shelby. So uh punch in as uh, the manufacturer. Shelby. He would uh he'd be happy to know that. All right. Ah oh, shit, I was gonna go for that. All right, so sixty six is one forty three. That's the average. Oh, that's the average. That's oh, the average.
1: so highlight the green line. There you go, two thirty-three. Two okay. thirty-three. I wrote down two twenty-five.
0: By the way. Oh, I'm you
2: way. You looked at my sheet. That's what I put down.
0: Oh, did you? No, I didn't look at your sheet. <laughs> wow,
2: <laughs> I'm way off. I had one thirty-nine. I didn't know they'd gone up over two hundred. Oh, but so, now that, but the, but that's weird. So the uh, now I had one thirty-nine, but the average is about that. But the right. uh, the A list are one. <laughs> yeah. All right, so now that must be way past the sixty-nine at this point. I, so justice has been served, I think.
1: I think it's had a, mar- a healthy market correction and that the connoisseurs the, the real hand-built yeah. Shelby's are appreciating. So what
0: is the 69 going for? Oh, he's looking it up. Mm-hmm. So I I I figured if the 66 I guessed 225, it was pretty close. Mm-hmm. I actually guessed about 200 on the 69. I think I think it's probably not too far apart.
2: Um I'm I'm way too I'm way too And uh, again, I'm, we're going for the Way too low now. The Ooh, average is fi- is fifty seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you see them dropping down. So you yep. see the correction yeah. that I was talking about two thousand nine from from a few years ago. I had one thirty one on that. What'd you have? Uh? I had one
1: forty five on mine.
0: On the sixty nine, mm. I was yeah. off. I had two hundred. I thought, I thought, I didn't think they were worth seventy five so what, what grand. Hey, uh, maybe maybe what is we the should price? go out and buy a sixty nine <laughs> Shelby for seventy nine grand. It thousand. Seventy nine But that's Woo! that's that's the that's the number one. Yeah, you know, So right, really, so, you're at like you know sixty eight thousand. Yeah, fifty seven's
2: the the average. So look, the point is, is when you're looking at something and it doesn't seem to make sense to you. Come talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the gut instinct. I'll tell you because I and, and I He's said got it the was crystal mind. It was, mm-hmm. it was it was it was worse. Now we find out what the Hertz one is going for. There it, you go. It uh, was sixty yeah. six. Yeah, it was worse. You know when I was watching in the O's, so I was like, this seems backwards. But again. People are stupid. Trends are dumb. Sometimes it's as, as, as little as a movie with Nick Cage mm-hmm. can go ahead and turn everything around for five years and get mm-hmm. everyone all He's screwed, screwed over. But for those of you who are looking to purchase anything, uh, one twenty three is the average, and the high is one seventy five. One seventy five. But but it was that much higher in oh six mm-hmm. or whatever two sixty. For a good right. Hertz car. Wow. It's weird. All right. The point is this. Um, first things first. How many did they make? That's that's what I want to know. Yes. I want to know that with, look, plywood would be $1,000 a sheet if they made a very limited num- amount of plywood. <laughs> it's it's yeah. it, You go, well, come on. It's just plywood. I'll tell, mm-hmm. I, I'm telling you, there's a world where a sheet of plywood is $1,000. Mm. You can't make plywood. They make plywood, and (laughs) if they make a very small number amount of plywood, Mm -hmm. then that's what it is. You say that about you know you you uh, you tap your. I'd love to tap my dad on the shoulder in you know nineteen seventy one when he was paying fifty seven cents a gallon in his VW, and and, and explain to him that uh, gas is going to be four bucks a gallon, and tell him oh by the way that piece of shit house we're living in in the valley that cost grandma ten thousand dollars that'll be nine hundred thousand dollars like. Their head would explode, yeah. but it is. But it not, will.
0: not in the preservation class. No. <laughs> the, <laughs> that, <laughs> the house is going to be worth more if you keep that. Oh, no, he kept it like, clearly it. in the preservation <laughs>
2: class. He was a pioneer <laughs> yeah. in the home preservation. Untouched. <laughs> Untouched. Unmolested for more than 50 years in the San Fernando it's, Valley. It's a barn find. <laughs> it's, a barn it's a actually- barn in a barn. That's right. We found an unmolested barn inside the Corolla barn. <laughs> My buddy Ray, who just walked out of here, used to call my mom's house from North Hollywood that was built in, like, 1879, The Barn, from, <laughs> which didn't feel great in 1975 for me. How's The Barn doing? <laughs> you do a lot of, uh, what's yeah. going on with The Barn? and What's wrong with your mom? Kids are pretty straightforward, you know? Just ask what they're thinking about. Uh,
0: We got to start the preservation class of real estate. Yeah, Yeah. I I think there's money to be
2: made here somehow. Uh, eBay, baby, talking about uh, money to be made. Uh, I got my motor blog on there. Uh, I think the latest one is uh, we're talking about my Paul Newman doc, Um, working on this Paul Newman documentary about him, the driver. And uh, it's really coming along nicely. Really, some, some really interesting good stuff in there as well.
0: I'm excited about it. I saw some of the footage for it and it looks great.
2: Yeah, I I, I was just watching some footage of him. It was funny because we're talking to like Lynn St. James and some of the other people that drove around him and stuff and said, Well, Paul is uh, he was pretty aggressive. You know, it was a weird story because <laughs> yeah. it's like. There's a lot of, like, well, Paul was, you know, a very slow study, and he took it very slowly, and he was very methodical. And it's like, then he talked to some of the other drivers, like, oh, he yeah. would dive bomb me in turn one, no matter. I'm, <laughs> I watched, there's footage in, in that other room of him in turn one at Long Beach just literally going, I'm going inside, I'm not going to lift. yeah. And everyone else just setting up for the turn. <laughs> by the way, my car. <laughs> I mean, he probably didn't know it at the time. He didn't know it was yours? And it's literally going, I'm going inside. I'm not going to lift. Okay. And everyone else is like get go, sweeping out and starting to set up. And he just plows right. There was no yeah. chance that he was ever going to make that corner. And he took, and so took out some guy in Oldsmobile Cutlass or something. But yeah. it was like, wow. So that was your car, but not your Fender's.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's taken yeah. It out other cars. Yeah, it
2: was. It's pretty. So it's it's a really crazy, intricate yeah. in 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 layered life about him and racing and team ownership and driving and blah blah blah. And uh, we're going to uh, cover it all. So that's the eBay blog and you eBay can, Motors blog. eBay uh, Motors blog, and you can use their app and look around like we like to do. That's, oh, I've uh, been
0: I've been I've been acquiring VW Jetta parts and Mustang Cobra <laughs> parts. Mustang. So parts. you're in the you just type in exotic. I just you know I go I go to the oldest and uh, it's uh it's expensive you know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 that's, I, that's an elite fraternity I'm you telling run with. I'm I got, I got. Yeah, un- I love seeing those Jetta's over at the Quail every year. Oh, man, it's a popular <laughs> class. It's hard to yeah, get in there. Yeah, and those Fox Body Mustangs. <laughs> that's right. At the Quail. Yep. I, I yeah. spent,
0: uh, I spent $19 on a new armrest. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, that, but that was shipped. They got the Wolfsburg edition <laughs> cigarette lighter. Yeah,
0: see, I have the Wolfsburg
2: edition. <laughs> you do? All yeah. right. Well, get the cigarette lighter, man. It's broken. The cigarette lighter's broken. Someone dropped a nickel in there a long time ago. I You're think, sure I think it's so, you know what's you in one.
0: there is um, the security lug nut for the wheels. Ah, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it's, in, it's in there.
2: Yeah, because those are 18 bucks worth of uh, 15-inch <laughs> wheel on there, hey, four and 16, a half wide. 16. Either way, they're worth a pretty penny on the on the black. You bring those, <laughs> get those things into Mexico, you retire. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you better have a lock for those lugs. <laughs> All right, uh, Adam. Uh, thank you very much for coming in. I know we're going to go out and take a look at a car yeah. that's out in the parking lot. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Apt to do, you, you can go to the uh, Haggerty. You go Haggerty. forward slash valuations tool. I'm gonna get going on this thing because I'm just gonna spend hours.
1: Yeah, we've also got an iPhone app too in the App Store for free. Download that. So when you're in the parking lot or an auction,
2: are we gonna be able to scan? Are we gonna be able to
1: scan
0: like uh, VIN numbers and stuff at some point when you get that? A future
1: generation, perhaps. So now you're going to have to thumb through and select your car. Well,
0: in the meantime, check us out on online at the carcastshow.com. And our social media, the photo galleries are nuts. So go to facebook.com slash carcastshow.
2: Yeah, we go to all these events and do all these cars and profile all these cars and travel all about. We take pictures, everything. We put them up there and share them with a friend. And uh, thanks for supporting the show. All right, let's get out to the parking lot and see what Adam brought us. All right, so uh, we've uh, added a crew member. This is Tenny. This is his vehicle. Mm-hmm. This is this his... Is a, what year? It's a 06. It's an 06, 06 Dodge Viper.
0: Now, this is a full-on Hennessy... Venom 1000. Venom 1000.
2: And the 1000 means it costs only $1,000 <laughs> to tack on... No. <laughs> 1,000 horsepower? That's it. Uh, and how do they achieve that 1,000 horsepower? And then so 06 would have been making uh, a, high, a low 600 horsepower or high 5s? Maybe not quite there yet, but yeah, in
3: the zip code up.
2: 590, mm-hmm. something like that. And they have massaged it and figured out a way to get to 1,000. So
3: 1,100 at the wheels, so maybe a bit ahead of that with the math for the crank.
2: I'm going to go ahead and just <laughs> go out on a limb and say <laughs> there will be more coming off the crank at the rear wheels. Yeah. And at 1,100 at 1, rear wheels, you could be... 1250 1300 coming off that At crank. Front.
0: So, this on this car, this is twin turbo, right? Indeed. Now, to get that kind of horsepower out of it, they had to bring this
2: build the motor up basically from scratch. Yeah, it's a right? little
3: bigger, it's 522 cubic inches now. So, more displacement, too.
2: And 10 and a half cylinders, I don't know if you knew that. 10.5. they had a half a cylinder. <laughs> of they a half a cylinder just So uh, this thing was featured on the cover of, was that Road & Track Like right there? Road right &
3: Track and Motor Trend and uh, Sport Auto in Germany. And
2: tell us, just brag a little about this car and what it did to the other cars.
3: OK, well, first of all, I had nothing to do with it. So my bragging will be uh, second hand. But uh, it beat the Veyron in the standing mile. And at the end, the Veyron was doing 200, and this was doing 220. Right, wow. Up to, up to 100, the Veyron owned it, because it's all wheel drive, but then this one has a point of view past 100.
2: Wow. Except for it failed in the crucial hot blonde test, at the end, <laughs> when they just had the hot blonde. But the two, like they were doing the old westerns with their yeah. horses, whose horse is this? Whose was know, a blonde, the hot too? hot blonde was like, uh, <laughs> I'm going with Simon Cowell yeah. over here. Like right in the Veyron. Uh, but so, the dudes, the dudes all yeah. jumped on this one. So, yeah. how, did
0: you, how did you come to get this car? So, you didn't have this big.
2: And what with was Hennessy, the you... top speed, by the way, mm-hmm. in this standing? Uh, it it Ooh, ended up uh, 220. 220.
3: By 225, they ended up getting it to. They put a wing on it. You'll see here there's a couple of little marks where there was a wing. So, they ended up, subsequent to the test, getting it up to around two and a quarter. Uh, the wing actually slowed it down, but it was better for the launch. What is different
2: about this car, uh, other than internally? Is there anything we're looking at that's different?
3: Well, if you look close, like you were just doing, uh, Matt, it's a little different here because there's holes in the fender well. Because when it had the wing on the back, the power would come on, it'd drop the car, and the tires would come up, and it bored holes in the fender well. So I figured we should keep those for... <laughs> <laughs> that's the
2: preservation piece the patina. right there. That's, that's yeah, preservation. Well, that line. is uh, <laughs> history right there. And as I was saying before, the mic's heated up, the Viper is one of those cars where, in the weird convertible uh, with the you know USC colors on it, I just hate that car. But in the blue and white with the twin gurney bubble on it, I love the car. So it's like the same car, just a little different livery and a little you know yeah. it changes
1: the attitude and character.
2: Absolutely, I just to me do not like the convertible version of this car, but uh, do love the hardtop. And now, I guess, Viper's having a whole resurgence now. I mean, they're, 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 it's a car... It's a new Viper it, that's it, out. It's it, supposed yeah. to be pretty cool. It's one of these cars where they threaten to do away with it, like, every single year. But then they <laughs> yeah. just seem to keep coming back with something bigger and something better. And, uh, boy, it, as far as the uh, Corvettes go and the Vipers go... This is like one of these things where it's like you guys fight it out, mm-hmm. and me, the consumer, and my pocketbook will be the big winner here because all you guys will do is just keep getting faster and better and quicker. Mm-hmm. And the price, although it goes up, it does. it's not $200,000 for right. guys that are mm-hmm. setting those kind of track times no. at Laguna Seca or the Nurburgring. No. No. Um, so this, where did you physically do this, Tenny? The, these...
3: Lamore. It was at Lemoore uh, Naval Air Station, hence the Fly Navy. As a matter of fact, both tests, the Motor Trend test, which was also road course and things like this, mm-hmm. and road and track were both done at Lemoore.
2: And what other cars are they uh, up against?
3: Uh, the road and track was the Veyron primarily, uh, uh, new Lambo, that type of food group. And mm-hmm. then the other one, uh, Motor Trend, was 4 GT some tuner cars, tuner GTO and things like that. One, both yeah. tests.
2: You could pick up, uh, I'm guessing, uh, an 06, not this one, but you could pick up an 06 Viper for somewhere in the 40s, 50s? I'm uh, thinking 40s.
1: 30s to 40s 30s, depending 40s. upon mileage and condition. I would say right. a performance car like this, definitely have a dealer mechanic check it out and see what the mechanicals look like.
2: And ma- you go to Hagerty.com <laughs> and you check that. Check check the the but the point is, is, if you were nuts, like Kenny. You could go and pick up a a nice single owner 06 Viper for thirty seven thousand dollars. You yep. could you could take it to Hennessy. You can. You could give them uh, a
3: hundred.
2: Well, <laughs> it the, depends uh, on uh, what budget. stage you went to. Give yeah. a budget. Maybe your maybe your miserly and just wanted eight hundred and fifty horsepower or something, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you could have a pretty killer car for under a hundred thousand bucks. It would smoke. Ninety nine point nine 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 percent of anything that pulled up next to you yeah. on the freeway or the stoplight, right? Yeah. Exactly. And as
3: you said, they go around corners okay. A lot of yeah. the reputation is they're they're dangerous and whatnot, and I suppose anything's dangerous, but they do have the ring record, I think, and uh, uh, Laguna Seca with the new ones, so they they do go around corners, a lot of grip. They mm-hmm. turn and handle. Well, well
2: with, with the with the you know two seventy five thirty series up front and god knows three oh no, three four thirty 335s in the back, there's at least a, a large contact surface with the road, is. even if that can be coming around toward the front of the car very easily. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good. I'd, I'd, and with, with this kind of horsepower, I imagine that even 335 tires, it's like there's no
0: way it hooks up. It's just got to just tear these things apart.
3: Yeah, once the boost comes in, <laughs> yeah. you know, it does what it does. Can we, uh, can we open the hood and oh, take you a bet. look at the motor? But also for the motor trend uh, purpose of so that road course test, it has uh, bigger stop techs and it has Moton shocks.
2: Oh, there's no, there's no latch from inside the no, car. No, no, luxury Not a race car. That's man. a
3: luxury item. Wow, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just a way. bunch of that weight. Cable yeah.
2: <laughs> this is a beautiful looking. Uh, I'm guessing aluminum plenum on top there. Uh-huh.
3: And then you have your turbos way, way down here in the front on either side. Waste gates built in. Up here are
2: blow off valves or whatever we're we're calling. The wastegates still exist, or do they, we rename them?
0: They do, but they're on the exhaust side. These blow off are, valves, side. Are oh, air I takes see. Out. We got
2: wastegates yeah. and blow off. So when this yeah.
0: when this throttle body closes, all that air backs up, and instead ah, of blowing yeah. it back, into the, it'll pop out of these mm-hmm.
2: Oh, okay. I didn't know if it was yeah. one of those things like radiator and heat exchange, where it was the same thing, which renamed right, are they still calling it, call it the renamed? same. You know, I think the, I think
0: wastegates and blow off valves are pretty. Accurate. They're
2: similar, but with, back in the day, they had wastegates, and I was missing the blow off valve, but. Uh, it. Yeah. very tidy very almost stock looking in the sense that this is the way they should have done it right and looks looks great i don't know how much extra cooling i'm guessing there's an oil cooler and an intercooler and yeah, they bigger, have a, is there an
3: intercooler for the intake yeah and then Big, and these are your the reservoirs front? for the motons right here and it has a quaff differential
2: bigger heat exchange and and uh, what diff? ratio do you have to put in a car like this to go 225 miles an hour and then do you swap it out when you go back to the street with it or do you just have so much torque you don't care
3: i think it's got so much torque with the big motor that you don't have to grab it by the throat to make it run you can let it out you got let out the clutch in first gear and it rolls so you don't have to give it any
2: gas or anything can we can we fire it up sure and Matt can go stand behind it. Well, the side. Set along the side. The side. Oh, along the side. <laughs> oh, You're only going
1: to get five cylinders over here, but
2: they're healthy.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll stand on this side. You stand yeah, no, on I'll side. stand behind it.
2: That's what I'm saying. I'll take one for the team.
1: <laughs> the tires came in handy. We took Mulholland on the way over today. Oh, so no. They, they were warmed up.
2: Nice. It's funny how the turbo... It almost acts as a muffler on a lot of cars, you know. It does. Like it that wasn't us. That
0: car alarm was not us. Not this time. No.
1: It's a very balanced. That V10 has a unique tone all by itself. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. It really does. And that—that's the, the V5 cylinders right sound there. great. What's that? These five cylinders sound great. <laughs> yeah, these five sound great over here. We're hitting pretty strong. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tanny, you can shut it down and hop out if you like. Wow, this is nice. And the new Viper's nice, but not much nicer. I'd I'd, uh, I'd find a nice used uh, 06. I kind of like if, the hot rod version here. This is nice. I, I, <laughs> uh, I do too as well. Uh, Tenny, thank you so much for uh, bringing it out. Pleasure. It's a really cool car. I don't think we've had at least this year Viper out uh, before. Right. And yeah.
0: And the Hennessey one is great. They did. Adam, have you such and uh, Haggerty
2: doing the Lord's work. Uh <laughs> Haggerty.com and check out their pricing guides, valuation tools, guides. And, and try out the app too. Yep. Again, if you're just a car geek like us and you just want to sit around and see what stuff's worth and do the oh man, that's what it was worth then, and look what it's worth now, and <laughs> yep. try to figure out where it's going. And uh, don't get caught up in this thing where you go, oh, I missed the window. Uh Uh-uh, if it's still going. There's still more windows to catch. There's still more windows (laughs) to catch. All right, so until next time, this is Adam Carolla for Tenny and Adam and Adam and Matt saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel.